Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone, to Calvary Live, and so glad you joined us, whether it's afternoon or evening, wherever you're listening from here in the United States, or maybe you're listening from overseas, and it's the middle of the night or even uh, getting towards the next morning. So we have listeners uh, that will tune in from different parts of the world, but I want to welcome all of you who are today listening to Calvary Live. Pray you're doing well. We do invite you to call in 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Uh, That's for you to get on the air and ask your questions and to give your prayer requests. And this, of course, Calvary Live, maybe you just found it. Maybe this is new to you. It seems like more and more that as Calvary Live is growing and uh, has taken on more stations, that people will call and say, hey, I just found your your radio program, and I think it's wonderful. God is using it and blessing it. We're so thrilled about that, so blessed to be a part of your uh, lives and being connected together in the things of the Lord as we answer questions and pray for you. And that's what this show is all about. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. If you're wondering where Greeley is, it's in northern Colorado, just right um, only about 50 miles from Rocky Mountain National Park. And it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. And we're so blessed that we get to get up and look at those mountains uh, every day. I would ask that you would pray. Somebody texted me a prayer request before the show, said that uh, they wouldn't be able to text. But it's asking for uh, prayer for moisture. Um, Here in Colorado, along the Front Range, the mountains have been getting snow, which is very important. But here it's very dry. And, of course, you probably have heard of the fires that took place right before New Year's Eve in in Boulder County, not far from where I'm at, and uh, many homes were burnt up, and we've just been through a dry season. Matter of fact, it is along the Front Range from uh, Colorado Springs up through uh, southern, you know, Wyoming, no snow in April, and this is our wet season, so we're very concerned, and again, we're grateful the mountains have gotten snow, but we're dry on this end, and so there's some concerns for fire dangers. The wind's been blowing and drying everything out. So we do want to pray. But first of all, I just want to welcome you to call in at 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And then the text line, there's another means for you to ask a question or ask for prayer through a dedicated text line, 720-336-0897 is that text line. So welcome all the Grace FM listeners. You are listening live on this Tuesday, the 26th of April. And uh, we have a beautiful day here in Colorado, warm. It's sure starting to feel more like spring. It seems like, I don't know how you guys feel, that things are about two weeks ahead. Uh, the the um, trees are blossoming. The uh, um, you know leaves are starting to come out. And uh, so we do want to pray for that moisture want to welcome all you who are listening in southern Wyoming. So good to talk to you guys. Northern Wyoming got a big blizzard I saw up there, um, and uh, they really needed uh, the moisture. But seems like it's feast or famine. And then also want to welcome all those who 
are listening live radio by grace uh that you too over 70 stations across the nation uh you get to call in and you're listening live so glad that you guys have joined us in that way um so blessed to hear from you uh from all over the country and then also those of you listening online welcome to Calvary Live so glad to be with you and then um then those of you who are listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, on the East Coast, Higher Rock Radio in Idaho, you can call and uh, we'll have our conversation, but then it will air a week later. So, so glad to be a part of your lives. And let's go ahead and pray for that prayer request. And then we're going to go to the phone lines. We got one open line. And Father, we do pray for the moisture here in Colorado along the Front Range. It's so dry. Uh, the driest April on record. Uh, after following six months of the driest record at the end of the previous year, Lord, we need that moisture. Um, it just uh, the it's brown, it's dry. Uh, fire threat um, continues to be high. Uh, red flag warnings are given just about every day with the wind. So we pray for that moisture. We pray that it would uh, rain. It would uh, uh, just uh, moisten the ground. Just we need it, Lord. We just pray for your mercy and grace. And Lord, in other parts of the country, I've talked with people that perhaps in the listening areas that um, they're, they're dry and there's drought. And so we pray for your mercy and grace to send the rains and Lord to um, just uh, be with us and help us and protect our homes in the, during this fire season uh, that has devastated so many people. I want to pray for those in Boulder County that as the cleanup is really going forward, that they be able to move forward in rebuilding their homes as over uh, 1,100 homes were burnt uh, in just four months ago. And um, we just pray that you continue to work with them and bless them and help them in the rebuilding process. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, we got an open line. Let me give you those numbers again. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I'm here hosting the show on this Tuesday. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. We really like hearing from you and having those conversations uh, over the air. And then the text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Steve in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Hey, Steve. Hey, Jeff. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you today? Man, I cannot complain. If I did, you'd probably switch on to the next caller, sir. So I won't even get started. <laughs> we we have so much to be thankful for as Christians, yep. don't we? Yes, we do. We definitely do. Okay. What you got for me today? All right, Steve. Uh, I've been listening to your show for a while, and I just wanted to thank you for, you know, what you do in your servitude in the Lord, because I really can feel, you know, his, uh, his spirit upon your life and, you know, thank just you. the wisdom and discernment that he gives you. Um, and, and I love the word, you know, I love following the Lord, but I, I ran into a pickle. Uh, my mm-hmm. wife is big on Zodiac. Her whole life is, you know, when she's talking to, well, talking about herself, to the kids, her friends, you know, instead of grabbing the word of God to, you know, preach from the word, she'll, you know, basically tell someone about a Zodiac sign. And me sitting in the home, you know, with my relationship with Christ, it doesn't feel right. So my question is, number one, is that something that any Christian needs to be pushing, you know, as far as Zodiac signs? And number two, uh, if it's not, how do I get her to kind of put that down and, you know, go another direction? Well, I think you can just uh, show her um, 
the Word of God that tells us very clearly that we're to stay away from those things. When the children of Israel were going into the Promised Land, the Lord said, don't get involved in these cultic practices and mediums, you know, uh, witches, um, all these other things, and that would include zodiac signs. And we're not to um, follow after the stars. Um, And and not only is it forbidden in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, as you go through it, uh, don't get involved in the occultic practices, don't get involved in those pagan uh, practices of the Canaanites and things like that, but also you can show her one of the things that we have seen very clearly going through Daniel is that when uh, Nebuchadnezzar, this king, uh, had a dream or he had something, he would call for his wise men of Babylon. He would call for the astrologers. He would call for the soothsayers. He would call for the mediums. He would call for the Chaldeans. All these guys that are involved in you know contacting the dead, following the stars, you know, looking to the gods, you know, and they were all false. They could not help Nebuchadnezzar, and they could not help Belshazzar at the end of the Babylonian reign, as we see there in chapter 4 of the book of Daniel. So to say that we are to not look to the creation, we're to look to the creator. And even Romans chapter 1 talks about that they worship the creation rather than the creator, so there's a lot of verses that you can give to her that we're not to follow the stars to, you know, chart your life and and uh, to give you your destiny and all of this. Um, we're not to be involved in cultic practices and the zodiac signs. It's amazing, millions and millions. Uh, I think I read recently 80 million uh, Americans are involved in horoscopes and things like that, but you keep your focus on the Creator, and that's the main thing to pass along to her, who loves you, who's going to guide you, who created you. And you know what's interesting is people get so involved in these zodiac signs and stuff, and when God created in Genesis chapter 1 in the creation story, he used five words, I I believe, God created the heavens and the earth, Uh or God created, God created the stars, excuse me. Um, That's it. That's all he had to say about that. He didn't elaborate on it. He didn't say worship them. He didn't say any of that. And then the rest of the, you know, Bible talks about how God uh, has intervened in the affairs of man as we are the crowning jewel of his creation. And so, you know, God holds all that in his hand, but look to the creator, not to the creation, Romans chapter 1. And you can go through those, um, verses in Deuteronomy that speak about, you know, don't get involved in occultic practices, uh, don't get involved in those things, stay away from it, look to the Lord, look to the Creator, um, and He's the one that uh, is our Savior, our guidance, He's everything that we need. Absolutely. Okay? Well, Jeff, you knocked it out the part, and I do appreciate it, my friend, and stay blessed and continue to do what you do. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate your call and encouragement, okay? Have a blessed day. You too. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. I was talking with um, somebody. I was uh, talking to the congregation about it um, and just somebody uh, a while back. uh, And it's amazing when somebody uh, passes away uh, that 
they will express the concern of other family members and friends. How many of them, and there, there's a lot of them, that want to get into channeling, you know, try to uh, speak to their, you know, uh, relative that passed away into occultic practices, you know, Zodiac peoples get into that, all that. Uh, put it aside. As Christians, we're not to have anything to do with it. And then we are also, we are to be ones that look to him and the word of God to guide us and direct us and everything. So just an encouragement uh, for all of us and something that we uh, can remind others, because I'm sure that all of us know people that get into those things and very discreetly and very honestly, we can tell them the truth of what God's word has to say. 303-690-3000. We had fold lines, but uh, Steve, as we get done with the phone call, there's an open line. Grab one of those open lines. Maybe you got a question or a prayer request. I'd love to talk to you about those things as we continue through the show. And i uh, got plenty of time, so uh, grab one of those open lines at 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Let's go to Rick and Bertha. Rick? Yes. How are you? Doing fine, you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Absolutely. Hey, uh, what you got? Next question. If uh, baptism isn't required to get into heaven, what is the purpose and what are the requirements? For baptism? Yes. Yeah, it's a good question. And there is a purpose and there is, you know, a requirement for baptism. We do see baptism in the scripture. Matter of fact, one of the last uh, commands of Jesus, I believe is in in Matthew's gospel, is that he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So we know that baptism, and we see it, that um, it is uh, told to us, a command given by Jesus. It is uh, seen in the book of Acts. It's expounded on in the, in the book of the epistles. So whenever you see that Jesus speaks about that, um, and he exemplifies it in the Gospels, when it is seen in the book of Acts, when it is expanded on in the epistles, then it is important. And baptism, I want to make clear, is not necessary for salvation. You said that what's the requirement? The requirement is that you are saved. And baptism is, as Romans chapter 6 declares to us, is identifying with Christ. He's, as we go under the water, um, the old man is buried. And that's what Paul is emphasizing there in Romans chapter 6. And then coming out of the water, we identify with Christ in that newness of life, that new resurrected life. So baptism is symbolic of in the proclamation, in a public proclamation, that I'm a follower of Christ and that I identify with Christ. But in every instance that we see a baptism in the book of Acts, they are believers. So it's, we here at Calvary Chapel, we don't baptize um, babies. We don't baptize toddlers. Um, you know, there are children that come and get baptized. Matter of fact, we just put a, on the schedule of baptism. So it, I think it's important for the Christian to, to follow the instructions of the Lord, to get baptized, but there's a purpose of identifying with Christ, making that public declaration that I follow Christ, I live in this newness of life, and it's just a wonderful thing for a Christian to be baptized. But the requirement is to be saved. Otherwise, you know, there are some out there that think if I get baptized, then I'll get saved. No, um, you're just going to get wet, okay? Um, 
if I get b- baptized, I'll have forgiveness of sin. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that forgives, you know, sin as we go to him in faith. And I want to read something that um, is interesting that Paul would write in in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 about baptism, that he would say that, um, that I thank God that um, he's talking about the, the church being divided. He said that, were you baptized in the name of Paul? No. I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus Gaius, lest anyone should say that I had baptized in my own name. Uh, and he, he says, I baptized the household of Saphanas. Besides, you do not know whether I baptized any other. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. So Paul is saying that, he's not saying that you shouldn't get baptized. But Paul wouldn't say that, you know, I, I didn't come to baptize. I came to preach the gospel. That's the priority. And if baptism was necessary for salvation, he wouldn't have written those words to the church of Corinth. So it, baptism is important again, but it's identifying with Christ, and the requirement is that you're a believer in Christ. And that's what baptism does. It's not to get saved, but it's a declaration that I am saved. All right, Rick? All right, great. Thank you. You're I've welcome. Lot, Thanks for. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Madasha. You too. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number to text line 720-336-0897. Text me a prayer request or text me a, a question as we have time in the show, but we're going to continue with the phone lines. And let's see where I'm at. Let's go to Logan. Logan? Yes, sir. You're on Calvary Live. Hello. Um, I was kind of thinking about it before I asked it, but I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Okay. Um, I'm not trying to start anything. It's just a curiosity kind of a thing. Do you think if Jesus is the Word and he was in the beginning, do you think it was him in the garden talking to the Adam and Eve about mm. where they were and, like, where are you and all that? That's just what I was wondering yeah and i I think that's a a good question that you're asking and we do know as genesis chapter one tells us that god walked with adam in the cool of the day and you know in the old testament the thing that you can consider logan is is that you have these appearances of jesus in the old testament they're called a christophany or they're called a theophany and could it be that that's what jesus was walking with Adam in the cool of the day. Um, yeah, because um, we know that God is spirit, and um, and so uh, it's very much a possibility as they had fellowship, as they walked with each other, they fellowship with each other. And then, you know, when he sinned, um, God said, uh, where are you, Adam? It wasn't that he didn't know where he was. It's like, oh, Adam, where are you? What did you do? So that's a consideration. There are some theologians that believe that perhaps it very much could have been Jesus uh, that was walking with him in what is called a theophany or Christophany. Gotcha. It just Interesting. came to me like one day. I was like, hmm. Yeah. And, and like, you know, he's always, you, he's always been there. So Yeah, he's, he's eternal. That's the thing to remember. Right. It wasn't that Jesus just came into existence when he was born as the babe of Bethlehem. 
you know, right. and we see him. I believe we see a Christophany. As I said, we're just going through the book of Daniel, that when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was thrown into the burning, fiery furnace, that it's Nebuchadnezzar looking in there and saying, how many guys did we throw in? Well, we threw in three. He says, I see four, and the fourth looks like the Son of God. And um, and there was Jesus, I believe, in that fire with them, walking with them, and fellowshipping with them. And, you know, that same Jesus fellowshipping with Adam in the garden, uh, very much some believe that perhaps that's what was taking place. And we don't know how long that was. You know, some people think that God created Adam and Eve, and then 10 minutes later, here came the serpent, you know, to deceive uh, Adam. It could have been years that they were walking together, because Adam lived to be, I don't know, over 700, 800 years old, um, many, many years. And uh, so it's interesting to think about those things, um, how beautiful it must have been, the Garden of Eden, how incredible it must have been. And I can't wait till the Lord comes back and establishes his kingdom, because we do know that when he does in the millennium reign here on the earth, that he will be here. He'll be sitting on the throne of David. He'll be in Jerusalem, and we'll be with him. And it's going to be so glorious, isn't it? Yes, sir. Okay. All right, Logan, Thank thanks for calling. Appreciate it. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, the text line 720-336-0897. I believe we got a couple open lines. I'd love for you to grab one of those open lines as the hour's going fast. An hour goes by pretty quickly, uh, especially as we just continue with the phone lines. Good questions, good solid questions, good um, you know, uh, questions that perhaps that many of you you're thinking about. Do we do we have to be baptized? Is it necessary for salvation? Um, you know, things like that. Should we be involved in horoscopes and and things like that? Those are good questions, and that's what we're here to encourage you and point you to the Word of God, but also pray with you. And if you need prayer and and um, you just need some encouragement, give us a call. We'd love to talk to you here on the air. I believe we got two open lines. In the meantime, we're going to go to Marlton, New Jersey, Pamela. Hi, Pamela. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? I am good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, my question is, um, it's when Satan accuses us day and night before the Father. And how can he do that if he's been thrown out of heaven or is that going to be when we're in heaven and we see Satan um, get thrown out of heaven, we're all in all like, this is who Satan was? So my question is, has Satan been thrown down to earth yet? Yeah, and, you know, there is a um, couple things. You're reading from Revelation chapter 12 that he's the accuser of the brethren who accuses us day and night, and then there's this battle there, and he's cast out of heaven. Um, what is interesting is uh, you look at the, uh, the Job. Remember Job chapter 1? Not, uh, jo- I remember Job, but I don't remember the verse. Yeah, in Job chapter 1, there is this scene in heaven that takes place. And it says that there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth. Yeah, remember that? And from walking back and forth. 
So he says, I've been walking back and forth. For some reason, he's got access to heaven. He doesn't live there, um, but he had access to it, is what we're being told there in Job. And then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And the answer was, yes, I have considered him. That's an interesting word, that word considered there in Job chapter 1, because it's a military term. What it means is is that I've been studying Job, Satan has said. Uh, I've been studying him. and um, <laughs> I, Yeah, and that's what he does with us. He, it's, it's a military term to like study the enemy. And so as the Lord said, have you considered Job? He's one that is blameless and upright and fears me and shuns evil. And, and then, of course, we see that it, it played out again uh, as you move into chapter 2. So um, he has uh, that access to, it seems like, the throne of God. He doesn't live there. There's going to be a time where he's going to be cast down to the earth, Revelation oh, okay. chapter 12 tells us. Right. And, and then yeah. he's not going to have that access. And then Michael the archangel and that battle that's going to take place, um, and and then he's going to be banned. But he does accuse us, and that's something that is important for us to remember because he accuses us day and night. He loves, you know, he's there before the throne. And I think you can also, a reference for you to look at is in Zechariah chapter 4. Uh, Zechariah chapter, excuse me, Zechariah chapter 3. Um, you see the vision of the high priest standing there next to Satan, and the high priest is there in filthy robes before the Lord. And the Lord would say to him, uh, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Uh, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. And then now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments, standing before the angel that is before the Lord. And he answered and said to him who stood before him, take away the filthy garments from him and see, I've removed your iniquity from you. I've clothed you with rich robes. The high priest, Joshua at that time, uh, would have beautiful robes. Everybody would look at him like, look how righteous he is. Look right. how beautiful, you know, look how <laughs> spiritual he is. But before the Lord, it's true, as it lines up with what Isaiah declares, that all of our righteousness are as filthy rags filthy before rags. the Lord. Yeah, and then, and then, you know, but the Lord, you know, rebuke you, Satan. He would accuse us. God doesn't love you. You're not forgiven. Right. You're spiritual waste. And we need to be aware of that because he is relentless. It's 24 he, hours a day in your mind. <laughs> yeah, and that's where the battle is. And that's why yeah. it's important that we renew our minds. And then Revelation chapter 12, where you reference, says that they overcame him by, you remember, the blood of the Lamb and then the word of testimony. That we can say, you know what, Satan, you can tell me that God doesn't love me, but, but Jesus died for me. And I belong mm -hmm. to him. My sins are forgiven. And the word of testimony is I have the spirit of adoption where I can cry out, Abba, <laughs> Father. Yeah, exactly. And, and, but he is relentless. And, and that's where he comes against us, accusing us day and night. And that's why it's important to know the word of God. And even as Paul would say to the Corinthian believers, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. And that's where, you know, so many people, you know, even myself, I can feel it. Just, mm -hmm. you know, right, you're no good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So mm -hmm. I'm so glad that we have the Word of God um, that is there and that we overcome Him by the Word of testimony and by the blood of the Amen. Lamb. Amen. Amen. 
Um, okay. Just can I ask one thing? I'm sorry. Okay. Now, no, go ahead. Gets, we may we may he, end up going going to I break here. So that's okay. okay. If if we hear the music, we'll just stop. We'll pause, and then we'll come back and pick it up. Okay. okay? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, I was just curious. When he gets thrown out, he's going to lose all his power. Does he have power? More power now until he gets thrown out because he's going to be made well, and worn like a lion. Well, he is going to be cast down. He's not going to have that access, and he's going to be okay. like a wounded animal, knowing that his time is is short. Okay. And then Satan will be cast into into the lake of fire eventually. All right. All right, Pastor thanks, Jeff. Pamela. Thank you so much. Bye bye. You bet. Thank you for calling. Hey, we're going to be right back. Break, and we got an open line three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We'll be on the other side to break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you have joined Calvary Live. This is the second half of the program. So glad that you continue to stay with us. And maybe you just join us. The call-in number is 303-690-3000. And we got an open line. So grab one of those open lines. We're going to go to the phone lines in just a minute. If we got time towards the end of the show, as we're taking the phone calls, uh, we'll go to the text line. And that is 720-336-0897. My name is Jeff Figgs, taking your questions and your prayer request today, your calls and your texts. And I want to remind you that that text line that I just gave to you, that that is a 24-7 prayer line that you can text in a prayer request anytime, day or night, and the prayer team at Calvary Church in Aurora will be praying for you. And I think it's a wonderful resource and uh, for you to uh, just be able to do that and know that you'll have uh, people that are praying for you. And um, and that's a, a, a just a wonderful opportunity for you to receive prayer during the show. If we have time, we will go to the prayer line. Uh, but give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line is 720-336-0897. With a lot of people joining Calvary Live with the program growing, I always encourage those of you who are new to the program, put those contact numbers in your you know um, phone and, and then be able to call it up, the call-in number or the text line, and you can converse with us and communicate with us and stay connected to us uh, through that way. And so just want to encourage you real quick uh, before we go back to the phone lines is that I just want to remind those in the Greeley area here at Calvary Chapel Greeley that we're in the book of Daniel, incredible study on Sunday morning. we got people that are listening from all over the country to that study. So Calvary Chapel Greeley, Greeley is G-R-E-E-L-E-Y, Dot org org if you want to listen to our live stream we're at mountain time 9:30 and 11 o'clock we have three sunday morning services but we live stream to 9:30 and 11 and uh so you can listen to those uh studies there is the archives that's there if you want to catch up with it and then also um just want to invite you those in the Greeley area 8 9:30 11 o'clock you can check us out our, our 
website where we're located. We're easy to find. We're just west of Texas Roadhouse in Greeley. Everybody knows where Texas Roadhouse is. And then also, um, we are going to uh, be starting registration for our Vacation Bible School, June 6th, 7th, and 8th. It will be in Island Grove Park. Again, those of you in the Greeley area, you know where Island Grove Park is. It's the main uh, you know, uh, county park with the stampede uh, that happens in June. Uh, we are going to be there with our VBS and ministering to the kids of the community. And the theme is Psalm 139, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we want to give truth to our kids that God has created them. He knows them. He sees them. And uh, and we are going to um, make sure that they understand that because the world's not going to tell them that. The world's not going to give them truth. And we are. So uh, you can register your kids. You're welcome. It's it's an outreach to the community. Looking forward to it. So check it out on our website. You can register, I believe, starting this Sunday. Pre-register your, your kids on calvarychapelgreeley.org. June will be here before we know it, and we're looking forward to it. So just wanted to pass those things on to you. But patiently, who has been waiting is Anthony. Let's go to Anthony. Anthony? Hi, how are Anthony? you, Pastor? Good, how are you? I'm very well. <laughs> uh, I'm good because God is good, but uh, I also yeah. have a need with my wife. Um, I have a question and a prayer request. Uh, what should we do first? You can go with the question, and then we'll go with the prayer request. Thank you so much. Well, um, I've heard in the past that uh, there is going to be uh, weddings. You know, Jesus is going to marry the church. And also, uh, I hear that uh, that uh, the Father is going to marry uh, something like the, the 12 tribes or the Israelites or, you know, the, the people of mm-hmm. Israel, like two separate weddings. Um, what? what what can you say about that uh, with, um, according to yeah. the Bible from your... Well, in the Bible, when you go through, like, for example, the book of Isaiah, that, um, and through some of the minor prophets, when the Lord um, indicts the children of Israel uh, of their sin, he, he likens it to spiritual uh, uh, harlotry, spiritual adultery, and speaks of being a husband to them. Um, and a lot of it is poetic language that he's using. We know in the New Testament we are told that um, the church is the bride of Christ, and uh, and that imagery is is there as well. But what happens is is we are the bride of Christ, the church. As far as the Father is going to marry the twelve tribes of Israel, I think what comes out of that is some strange doctrines that come out of it, and I don't know where they go with it and stuff. But I haven't heard too much about it. But that imagery of of you know Israel. Um, you know, and you see it in the Old Testament that, um, you know, you've been betrothed to me, the Lord says, and that imagery that's there. But, you know, as far as the Father's going to marry the 12 tribes, I, I don't see a specific uh, reference in the scriptures there of that. We do know that we are the bride of Christ, um, and uh, in the book of Revelation, the church, and uh, and we see it in Ephesians chapter 5 that our Marriages should um, reflect our relationship with Christ, um, and uh, those those things are spoken of in the New Testament. Okay, yeah, because I heard that um, that 
Jews, um, you know, the Jews after Christ, uh, they need to accept Jesus to be saved as well. Uh, yeah, you agree with they that? do. Yeah, they do. There's there's those that will hang on to what, or they will adopt what's called a dual covenant, that the Jews are are saved um, because you know they're God's chosen people, but you know. First of all, you can go through the book of Romans. Romans, Paul's grieving for his countrymen because they're lost. And he says, My heart desire and prayer for God for Israel that they may be saved, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. So Paul right there, he he talks about, you know, how they've rejected Christ. And Jesus said that I am the way. He didn't say he was a way. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So we know that salvation comes through belief in Jesus Christ for Gentile, for Jew, whoever. And there will be a national restoration at the end of the tribulation period. We see those prophecies where their eyes will be opened up. Zechariah chapter 12, I believe, speaks of it. Jesus himself even said, as he wept over Jerusalem, that you'll see me no more until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Romans chapter 11, Paul talks about the future of Israel. He said that in that time, all of Israel will be saved. So we know there'll be a national restoration, but they need to come to Christ like anybody else. Um, so I, I don't adopt that dual uh, covenant that because they're God's chosen people, uh, that they automatically are saved. They need Jesus like everybody else does. One way only. You're right. Um, okay, and now, or thanks so much for answering those questions. I have like a thousand questions, but uh, this is enough <laughs> for today. Um, yeah. And um, I have a prayer request. Uh, me, uh, my wife and I uh, have decided to, to serve the Lord, you know, like with our whole heart. Uh, I been doing it. Uh, I've, I've been uh, full-time, you know, studying the Bible, uh, went to the Bible Institute, and I, I lately, the, we've been sick. You know, it's one thing after the other. So mm-hmm. I know, I know, prayer works, and I just, yes. you know, I just want all of that to end because uh, it's, it's illegal. You know, illnesses are illegal uh, according to Jesus, and if he, if it's His will, you know, He's gonna make us healthy, and He yes. wants to make us healthy. So that's why I am asking you. And all of you radio listeners to pray for us. Her name is Sandra. My name is Tony. All right, Tony and Sandra. Let's pray for them. Okay, everybody. Father, we do. Right now, we come together, those who are listening all across the country. And we just lift up uh, Tony and Sandra as they desire to serve the Lord wholeheartedly. And the physical infirmities have really uh, just just been a hindrance. So, Lord, we pray for healing. We pray for uh, your grace to be sufficient. We pray that you would help them, um, Lord, to move forward in what you have for them. And, Lord, that knowing that he who has begun a good work will bring it to completion, especially in the day of Christ Jesus. So I do pray for healing, uh, physical healing from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. I pray for just encouragement and strength to be able to do what they want are feeling called to do, that you're leading them to do. And Lord, um, that we just commit them into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You bet, Tony. God bless you. We'll be praying, okay? 
God bless you as well. Thank you. You bet. Hey, 303-690-3000 is the um, call-in number. So we got an open line, I believe. Let's see where I'm at. I think we're going to come back to my hometown of Greeley to Garrett. Garrett? Hello. Hey, you're on Calvary. Good. You're on Calvary Live. Uh, I got some scriptural questions, if you don't mind. Uh, Sure. I guess on baptism. So, so John the Baptist preceded Jesus, right, to make straight yes. away in the desert and a highway for our Lord, you know, and he preached, you know, repentance and he was baptizing, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, in John 3, Jesus says, you, know, you must be born of the water and the Spirit, right? And then, right. you know, Luke twenty four forty seven, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, when he's resurrected from the dead, the last instructions to his disciples is to preach repentance and remission of sins in his name. You know, and uh, and then Acts two thirty eight is the fulfillment of that. It's the very first sermon that the you know that Peter ever preached. You know, upon this rock I'll build my church. And that was Peter, and he preached. You know that that they need to all repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for their remission of sins, and they shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So, I guess my question would be, uh, you know, isn't repentance and baptism, you know, as an answer to a good conscience, you know? baptism doesn't that make the way for you know for you to receive the holy ghost and that is a requirement for salvation that's my answer or is my you know question i suppose is baptism is not a requirement for salvation um you know i earlier in the show had read from first corinthians chapter one that paul comes along and says i baptized some of you but i didn't come to baptize but to preach the gospel here's the thing to remember when it comes to baptism and I'm not saying that, um, and you know, um, that it's not important. We are commanded to be baptized, but it's not necessary for salvation because baptism but if we're, but if we're is a commanded de- to be baptized. I mean, shouldn't we follow the okay, Lord's commands? Just hang though, on. Right? I mean, we are, and and but you know, do you follow the Lord's command in certain areas? Does that bring salvation? You know, here's the thing you need to remember is that, yes, it's important to be baptized. It's important to walk, you know, wholeheartedly with the Lord. It's important to do a lot of things. But do you have to do those things in order to be saved? My point is this. It's important for us to take the whole of Scripture, because if you say that baptism is necessary for salvation, what you're saying is that Jesus' death on the cross was not sufficient. And that's one thing that really made Paul's blood boil is that did he die in vain to say that you have to be baptized or there's somebody else that will come along and say that you have to be observing the Sabbath on this day or, you know, had somebody recently just saying you have to observe Passover feast, you have to do these things. Jesus cried from the cross, it is finished. And in that he was saying that I've done the work, I paid the price. So as we go through the New Testament very clearly, no question about it, that we are saved by faith alone. We're not saved by baptism. We're not saved by, you know, if you observe the Sabbath. We're not saved if you even go to church, as good as those things are. We're commanded not to forsake the assembly of ourselves, as is the matter of some. But if you don't go to church, does that mean you can't be saved? That doesn't. A church can't save you, and baptism won't save you. It's the 
Jesus' work on the cross and his resurrection. And I really desperately want people to understand that because all the time I talk to them and I say, well, somebody told me that I'm not really saved because I didn't get baptized. Or they say, I you know, don't observe the Sabbath. And they begin to question their salvation. And we know as you read the book of Galatians, Galatians, Paul is addressing that. Paul is saying that I marvel that you turn away from the gospel to another, which is not the gospel, because they were saying they should be circumcised. And he goes on to say that knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. You can go through the book of Romans in that doctrine of justification in chapters 3, 4, and 5. And in the book of Romans, you see that that word freely, that salvation is a free gift. We don't earn it. We don't have to work for it. But to say that we have to be baptized to earn salvation is saying that Jesus Christ's death on the cross was not sufficient. And that's not biblical. It's not biblical. And why would Paul say that I didn't come to baptize? Now, again, the other side of the spectrum is this. Baptism is important, but it's a declaration that I am saved. But what do you do with the thief on the cross who, you know, would say to Jesus, you know, remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus said, before the sun has set, you'll be with me in paradise. And I've had people say, well, Jesus can save whoever he wants. It's so confusing when when they give answers like that. That man threw himself on the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ. We were saved by faith alone, faith alone in Jesus Christ. And it doesn't mean that uh, baptism isn't important. It does not mean that being in fellowship and going to church isn't important, um, you know, and keeping the commandments. But it is a declaration as we identify with Christ that we live in a newness of life. That is the picture of baptism. Not that I'm doing it to get saved, but it's a declaration that I am saved. Okay? I disagree, but yeah, all right. I just encourage everyone to read the Bible and kind of, you know, hope, pray for revelation and, you know, hope that God shows something to them. Okay. okay. All righty. Explanation. You bet, you. you bet, Garrett. Yeah, baptism, you know, uh, there are those who say you have to be baptized. And, um, and, and it just is not biblical. Um, and uh, we need to remember that it's faith alone. I think about Romans. I was looking at it even today, that in Romans chapter 5, I don't know how clear it can be that as we see that for the free gift, it's not like the offense, but it's through the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ. That's verse 15, verse 16. But the free gift which comes from many offenses result in justification. Verse 17, uh, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. There's that word again. That's verse 18. Man's righteous act, the free gift comes to all men, resulting in justification of life. Um, and then moreover, verse 20, the law entered that the offense might abound, where sin abound, grace abounds much more. You know, salvation is a free gift. And to say that I have to do it, you know, I have to do something to earn salvation is is saying that Christ died in vain, that, that he didn't do enough. And that is not biblical. And that's what concerns me is when people get this legalistic trip that's put on them, that they have to be baptized in order to be saved 
or they have to worship on the Sabbath, or they have to observe a feast, and all these things. Read the book of Galatians and read the book of Romans. Be established in the fact that we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption of Christ Jesus. That's what I would encourage you to do. And um, and don't let people put legalistic trips on you. So, you know, and I know I'm a little passionate about it, but people get very confused about it, um, you know, about salvation, that it comes by faith alone is what the Bible very clearly declares. Hey, let's go to Bobby in Baltimore. Hey, Bobby. Hey, hey, hey. How are you? You're on. I'm good. You're on Calvary Live. Yeah, I am. I'm listening to you in Baltimore, Maryland. Good. And so I listen to you on occasion. However, I do uh, listen to other, uh, you know, well, preachers. You know, I, I was listening to a, a one earlier, and then I flipped and I found you guys. And then I, uh, well, I've learned a lot through all the ministries, radio ministries. I thank God for that. Man, there's good preachers out yeah. there. And I like uh, uh, John MacArthur. He's quite an interesting character. I love mm-hmm. the way he preaches. And, uh, he, he, you know, in the Bible it says uh, that women shall be silent. That was back in, you know, uh, I guess the Corinth days. This was in uh, Corinthians fourteen thirty four, I believe. That, But uh, what's your take on women preaching? Because he also, uh, like John MacArthur, also talked that the women should not preach; they can teach. Women should teach to the young ladies, you know, more of that than right. preach. Um, yeah, I think you're answer- kind of answering. I think you're kind of answering your own question. There are those who come along and say, "Well, women shouldn't teach at all in 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 the uh, church," um, and they'll point out First Timothy chapter one. Let a woman learn in silence with all submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. And as we look at the scripture, we know that Paul has said that women can prophesy to the Corinthians. We know that you've already made reference to it, that in Titus it says that the older women are to admonish the the uh, younger women. You know, when it comes to the role, when it comes to... Paul then goes into the qualifications in 1 Timothy in that of what the overseer is, what the pastor is. When it comes to the role and the title of pastor, that is reserved for men. But women do have a teaching role in the church. We have women that teach kids. We have women that teach other women. Um, You know, we have women that teach with their husbands at conference or something, you know, and so they do have the gift of teaching. Uh, we see in the scriptures Aquila and Priscilla, this team, this husband and wife that were teaching, and they would bring Apollos, who was very instrumental in the early church, to the Lord. And it seems like with her name being put first, that she had a leading role in that. So I think we got to keep everything in context, um, that um, we got uh, women here that teach the kids. We got women here that teach other women. I, I don't, you know, that's the proper way to do it. I don't want to be counseling women um, and and admonishing them in the sense that other women can do that or called to do that. And and so my role is the is the pastor of the congregation is to be that one, that overseer, 
and I believe that is reserved for men. But, you know, there's some very good women teachers that are out there, and there are some that disagree. I don't align myself with what culture says. I try to align myself with what the Word of God has to say. But that's me, too. I, I You know, I come a long ways. You know, I come from a, a very lost family, you know, True, you know, they make money, but still, you know, they don't have, you don't teach God in home. What do you have? You know, yeah. you got to teach, you got to teach God, you got to give grace, you got to give thanks, and you got to do Bible studies, and you got to teach your kids right. You know, not yeah. go out there and get drunk and, you know, all this. Oh, you know, it's okay to have sex with the girls, you know, just use the con. No. Yeah. So, you know, the thing about let a woman learn in silence, I think it's a, you know, it's unfortunate translation in some Bibles to make people believe that it's forbidden for a woman to speak in church meetings or anything. Um, but um, it's it's more translated peaceable. Um, the idea is without contention instead of total silence is really what the word has to say. And to, you know, there's different roles that men and women have that are very clear in the scriptures. And so, you know, you can take a look at that. Um, They are not to have the role of teaching authority in the church, as he goes on to explain in first Corinthians chapter three, but I'll tell you what, um, I'm blessed by the women that teach here, the kids, the other women, um, you know, just devotions. Uh, Sue and I, my wife have, you know, taught at a, a marriage conference and it's a tremendous blessing, and so that's what we have there. Okay. Um, hey, I'm we got good. a couple. Hey, sorry. Oh, hey, Bobby, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and move on. I want to get one more question in before we end. Let's go to Chris in Lubbock, Texas. Chris, are you there? Chris. Okay. Chris wanted to know Daniel was. What was the condition King Nebuchadnezzar was afflicted with? And I believe that, Chris, if you're listening, that you're speaking of Daniel chapter 4 and where he turned into a beast. And the Lord said, you're going to go from a, the heart of a man to the heart of a beast. And he was clawing and out, you know, there clawing on the ground and, and like a beast. There is, you know, you can look at it historically, some conditions that have been documented where that has happened Two men, but it, it was, um, you know, God humbling Nebuchadnezzar. I don't think he was put out there with the rest of the cows or anything. I think Daniel protected him. He had his place. And it's also interesting that there's even some his, ancient historians that make a brief reference that uh, that has been found of Nebuchadnezzar's inactivity and Nebuchadnezzar's, um, you know, years of silence. And, of course, he went insane for seven years. And then you read in chapter 4 his testimony to the world, and I believe that Nebuchadnezzar got saved. Uh, We're going to see him in heaven, and uh, he comes to know. At first it was, Daniel, your God's a great revealer of dreams, chapter 2. Chapter 3, your God, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is a great fireman. But then in chapter 4, it's like, that he is, he owns him as um, believing in the Lord uh, is what is pretty clear there in Daniel chapter 4. And so amazing. And I hope that gives you um, some encouragement because Nebuchadnezzar was a very prideful man. Uh, He was a very 
arrogant man. He was a very powerful man. I mean, drop of a hat, he'll chop you in pieces and, you know, or throw you in a burning fiery furnace. But if God can humble Nebuchadnezzar, who's full of pride, that he can humble anyone that, that you know that you look and you think, wow, that person um, is so full of pride. Uh, God can reach him. God can reach him. And uh, I believe that a real key was when that happened with Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel had been with Nebuchadnezzar for about 30 years up to that point. And I believe that Daniel prayed for Nebuchadnezzar. I think Daniel prayed for him every day. And Daniel was there serving faithfully. He never compromised uh, with the Lord, uh, but he prayed for Nebuchadnezzar. So I just want to encourage you as we end the show here today that the Nebuchadnezzar that you have in your life, that you are to be praying for them and know that God can humble them and God can reach them. And uh, and uh, I hope that we remember those things as well. So, hey, we got just a couple minutes to the end. One real quick um, uh, text was, do you think climate change is one of the signs of the end? Um, I don't know. It's not specifically mentioned um, in the scriptures, uh, but we do see in the book of Revelation how the earth is going to burn up. Uh, is that as a result of climate change? And there's all the debate about climate change. Is that man-made climate change, all these things? Uh, but I do believe that we need to continue to pray. Uh, we're seeing drought in our nation, in our state here in Colorado. Um, and it's not just drought, um, a lack of rain, but even as Amos says, that there'll be drought. There's going to be famine uh, of the Word of God. And so keep praying for our nation. Keep praying for your neighbors, all those that you care about. And um, I just pray that you would um, just uh, keep our eyes on the Lord. He's coming back soon. Uh, Keep studying the scriptures. We're going to be back here at the same time tomorrow, Calvary Live. Thank you all who called and appreciate it. God bless you. And I'll talk to you next time. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.